Mitos New York Nick Podcast. Andre Gallagher, you're going to hear me moving, rustling around a little bit because I got pace. I got the pace to talk about this. Now, I said to you in the last show, I said that I thought the Knicks understood the urgency of making sure they are as competitive as possible during this stretch of time that Randall was not here. They have to win these games. I know some of you guys are like, oh, I know they can, they can win some games with Randall. You know, they can, you know, go 500 without Randall. Listen, they go 500, they drop to five or six seed. All right? They don't need to go 500. They can't afford to go 500. You understand? It's not just about being top six anymore. It's about moving up in the standings. They're one game out of third, and Milwaukee has a tough sketch, stretch of games coming up in front of them. They have a chance to move up in the standings. They got a chance to get to that two seed. There's a chance there, but there's a clean chance to get to the three seed. Get out of that four or five. They can't afford to, to lose games because they don't have help. And it's not like they're sitting around waiting on deals. It's just that they have a price point that they want to pay for, for guys. And the teams have a price point that they want to get. And they're waiting for teams to, to, to give as much as they are willing to give before they pull the trigger. They, they can afford to wait to the deadline. They can afford to wait. The Knicks cannot. So Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks are two guys that Detroit's been bending people over the barrel about for the last two years. Right? And we're not going to get into the machinations of the deal with their contracts. Or, you know, I know that they're attainable. It might be complicated, but they are. Now, Bogdanovich obviously helps with the scoring issues that you're going to have without Randall. He's going to spread the floor better. He can, you can give him the ball. You can put him on the ball screens, and he can score. He can score in a myriad of ways and probably more efficient, efficiently than Randall. He's just not going to get under the rim. He's not going to get to the front of the basket the way Randall does. Not going to rebound the way Randall does. Not as good a player as Randall is. He's a shooter. He's not going to draw double teams and pass out and create opportunities for others. Not the way Randall does. Not Randall, but he's a scorer. And what Alec does is Alec comes in. He gives you somebody who can run that second unit, can knock down shots, defend. Obviously, Tibbs is a big fan of his. Um, Alec Burke scrambles. The second unit rotation and takes away minutes from guys that are starting to play well. He does. And Alec Burks is not always going to play well. It's not like he's Brogdon, right? It's not like he's DeJounte Murray, all right? But with that particular deal, I think that's a deal that they stopped looking at because of the price point for Bojan. I think Alec Burks has been on the table, but I think they stopped looking at Bojan because with Randall back, where does Bojan play? He's not going to play. You got OG, you got Hart, you got Randall. Where's Bojan playing? He's not playing. So why pay all of that cost to get Bojan in here if he's not going to play if Randall come back, comes back? Well, if Randall doesn't come back, you better look seriously at it. You better look seriously at it. Now, I'm not sure he's the answer, but you got to look more seriously at it if he's not coming back. So I think that's one of the options that they might be looking at a little bit more closely. But what do you do when Rand if Randall returns? 
You know, that, that to me, that's a better option if Randall doesn't return. I'm not sure that's the best one. But I don't know how many power forwards are available that are scorers. Gordon Hayward is the other one. Gordon Hayward, there are rumors that they might be buying Gordon Hayward out. I can see a situation where the Knicks trade for Gordon Hayward instead. But why would you if you think they might get bought out? Nobody else wants Gordon Hayward. Nobody else wants him. And right now, he's not playing. He's hurt. Now, a lot of people hate Gordon Hayward. The Knicks, are, Knicks organization has been known to be big fans of his. Gordon Hayward is a very efficient player. Not necessarily playing all that great this year, but he's a very efficient player. can do a lot of things on the floor without having the ball have to be in his hands. But he does like to have the ball in his hands. So he can make plays. Probably won't enjoy the double teams that Randall does. But he can make the right pass. He might fit in with the offense seamlessly. So the Knicks might sit on Gordon Haywood and see if the buyout market is a place to go snatch him up if Randall doesn't come back. It might be a better play for him, assuming he's healthy, than Bogdanovich because you got to pay for Bogdanovich. All right, so these are the scenarios if Randall doesn't come back. If Randall does come back, it'd be nice to have a guy like Haywood on your bench, but he's not going to play that much. So what's the point? And if he has options, he has choices, the places to go, and he might not, I'll be honest with you, because you can't, uh, the buyout market is not like it was before. You can't just give everyone minimum contract. So he might not have the market that he would have in previous years. Maybe he comes to sit on the bench, just some insurance in case Randall doesn't come back or uh, you know, supposed to come back, comes back, hurts it again, what have you. It's nice to have insurance and have a guy who can put the ball in the basket at that powerful position or uh, basically on the front line any way you want to slice it. So those are two guys that may not be sexy names for most Nick fans, but there ain't a whole lot of sexy names out there, especially on the front line. Now, you can definitely put, the Knicks have people to play on the front line. I've seen people, they're relitigating trading OB Toppin because we don't have a backup power forward. You do, you dummy, the Knicks have two to three backup power forwards on this team right now. <laughs> okay? OG can play power forward, Precious can play power forward, and Sims has been here the whole time. You can put him at power forward as well. Not to mention Hart, who's also going to be on the front line or if you want to play small at the power forward position, which you probably don't have to do unless OG is hurt. So stop talking about backup power forwards and OB Toppins still. Grow up. They have, they have people to play the position. It's about maximizing the position, right? So I think the Knicks can't necessarily wait and see if Gordon Hayward is going to get bought out after the trade deadline. That's three weeks, and that's two, three weeks from now. That's not help that's going to come soon enough. So some of the deals that have been on the table, I'm going to say Clarkson slash Sexton Olenek. Because one of those guards in Olenek has been rumored of interest to the New York Knicks. Now, I see that as Olenek is a guy who, if Randall comes back, can fit in seamlessly with the team. He doesn't cost a lot of money. That's not like a guy like Bojan, where you bring him in and you feel like you have to play him and there's no spot for him to play. 
if it comes down to it, especially with Mitch's injury, Olenek can play backup center if you need to. It's a good acquisition. He's a good player. Now, the guard position, I told you before, I'm not a big fan of bringing in Clarkson. I think he just scrambles the, the chemistry of the second unit, and I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze with him. Sexton, who brings a little bit more defensive intensity, he's too small to play alongside Brunson, so I don't think he's the best option going forward. But in a pinch, they solved the problem of scoring in the second unit, but I think they might create other chemistry problems with that second unit. I don't like it. We talked about Brogdon before. You don't, and the same thing with the Utah deal. You don't send Grimes in any of these deals, but Grimes is the one who's going to suffer if these deals are made. So to keep Grimes on a roster is almost like you're going to have a big fat zero in your lineup. So it's almost like you have to move him in, in a deal if you make those deals, but you wouldn't want to trade Grimes for those guys. But once you bring in Brogdon, Grimes is going to play less. Period. And yes, you can play Brogdon alongside Brunson. You're still not the biggest backcourt, but you gotta you get a lot of juice when you bring Brogdon in here. And I think of all the options I just ran forward, Brogdon solves the second unit scoring problem, but he doesn't solve what could potentially be a front line problem and and uh, scoring in in the free throw line, the extended area um, uh, and below, getting to the front of the rim. You just have Brunson, the only guy doing that. Brogdon, you know, he's, you know, he can put the ball in the basket, but he's not doing it like that. He's not a scorer like that. In the playoffs, you need guys who can get to the front of the rim consistently. And that's been a problem for Randall. But, you know, you have to, if you're going to have Randall on the team, you have to assume he's going to keep getting better in that scenario. So if, you, if, Rand, if Randall's not here, you have to replace that offense, that kind of offense. And Brogdon doesn't do that. Brogdon is a good help if, Brogdon, if, if Randall is here and he comes back. And he might help the Knicks if Randall is going to be out for a while. He might help because, you know, they can they can definitely scramble and and uh, put people on the front line and depend a little bit more on Brogdon's offense. But Brogdon's also fragile. Can't you? You're basically saying Brogdon is going to be your second or third scorer on the team. Huh? That's what we're doing. Hey, Brogdon is less of an option to me if Randall's hurt long term. But I think, again. It might be something that they pull the trigger on, give you an extra pick, give you a little less protection on the pick just to get the deal done. But I don't think that's the right move. You know, I like Brogdon, but I don't think it's the right move. But I injured Randall. I don't think it's the right move anymore. Now, we talked about Bruce Brown. I told you I don't like the Bruce Brown deal. I don't love it. I don't see the fit. I mentioned that Fred Katz and Jonathan Macri uh, kind of expanded my horizons on, on their podcast, on uh, Macri's podcast talking about how Brown essentially would be the backup power. I mean, I'm sorry, the backup point guard. And seeing him at backup point guard protects the shooting guard small forward rotation, which I think is important. Obviously, X is out Miles McBride, and he's been an excellent shooter for the Knicks, and Brown is the opposite. Uh, but it does create minutes for Brown uh, at a position that I didn't necessarily see him at so in the playoffs, that's about 10 to 13 minutes. The rest of those 10 to 13 minutes or 15 minutes that Brown is likely to get, I don't know where it's coming from. That's why I don't like Brown. You're not, Hart is not going to play less. Who's going to play less? You're going to play Devo less? Like Brown is not, to me, he's just not the answer. He's going to take away minutes from guys that are playing well. And Tibbs is going to be 
he's going to want to play Brown and Hart together, which is a death knell. You got to protect Tibbs from himself. But with no Randall, it's a little bit different perspective. Now, assuming Randall, so two scenarios. If Randall doesn't come back, it's probably not the best move anyway because it doesn't give you enough offensive punch. But you can move pieces around and Brown can slide in on several pieces on your team and everybody can still continue to play and get minutes who's playing now. Because Brown would just eat up some of Randall's minutes and some of Randall's minutes would get spread around between OG and Hart, et cetera, Precious, whomever. Okay? So Brown can be like another utility guy for the Knicks that can make the Knicks a, a more versatile defensive team although they would be they could be a small team but they have bigger options now at the power forward position than they did before so i think brown can can help them win games in the regular season if randall wasn't here and in the postseason it's going to be a little tricky because they can't create enough offense for brown so depending on what brown costs is not going to be enough to me to win the plus if, if Randall is out for the season. If if Randall comes back, then it just makes the playoff rotations a little wonky. Let me get back to the same place where I didn't think Brown was the best option. But I can see the Knicks winning games in the regular season with him, which is fool's goal. Uh, so that leaves us with DeJounte Murray. And we, it's, it don't make sense to spend a whole lot of time on it. The most expensive option, maybe an option the Knicks can't even get. Uh, I don't know if he's the answer. He's a swing for the fences. Clearly the riskiest move, but obviously he brings offense that you're losing with Randall. He scores in a lot of the same places Randall does. Uh, uh, your rotation at the shooting guard, small forward minutes are going to be, and point guard minutes, going to be a little bit wonky. Guys are going to lose minutes because uh, Tibbs doesn't like to play Grimes and Devo together. He thinks they're too small, so those guys are going to get edged out. I'm sure he's going to primarily play Murray at point guard and shooting guard, which means those guys are not going to see the same minutes, which takes away some of the scoring punch for the, for the team, some of the some of the chemistry for the team that takes it away because now the front line is light and where you have more players is in the backcourt and those minutes are going to go to two players primarily. Murray and Brunson, I just don't see that to be the best move Although you can see how people would think that's the obvious move to bring in a score to replace a score. So that brings me to the deal that I think, and I've been on this even before the injury, the deal that I think is the best deal for the team is the most complicated deal to pull off. DeMar DeRozan. Yes, I know he's 35 years old. And remember, I'm the guy who told you if the Knicks were able to pull off an affordable deal for Paul George, it would make them championship contenders. And I'm still a big believer in that. But obviously, Paul George is no longer available. Still a big believer in that. I know that they're injury prone. I know that they're hurt. Okay. I think the biggest issue with DeRozan is in the last year of his deal. It has its benefits, but it also has its faults. And in bringing him in, it does kind of hurt you salary-wise if you want to make another move. So if you want to sign him to an extension, you're probably going to give him two years, which makes him harder to move because for him to sign a one-year deal, which means he gives up, gives up his bird rights and he doesn't want to give up his bird rights. So it would be real hard to pull off uh, in terms of business-wise with the Rosen. 
because you got to match salaries to get him. And then his contract situation going forward is a little bit wonky as far as the Knicks are concerned. The Knicks can't just let him walk off the books because they don't get that cap space. They need to use his contract to make another move if they want to make another move, which they should because DeRozan isn't the future. He's a, he's a, a rental. And that's the way they have to approach acquiring him. But in order to acquire him, they're going to have to move some guys off this roster. They're going to have to move a bunch of the uh, the lower salary guys, like a Miles McBride or, or an Achua or a Flynn or a Grimes. And I would not move Grimes for a DeRozan. I don't even want to move McBride for DeRozan. But I would not move Grimes for DeRozan. But he would almost have to go in that deal because if you keep him, he's not even going to play. So you got to trade contracts to get him. It's not like some of the other guys where the contracts are lesser, where you don't have to move. You know, you can move a Malachi Flynn or something like that, or you can move, you can move some some bits and pieces to to bring that guy in with Fournier. You can't really do that with the Rosen. You got to make up like ten million, nine, ten million. So it would make sense to trade a Grimes who's not going to play, and he's probably going to curl up in a fetal position when when he's getting less minutes and be less effective. So you don't even make sense to have him on the team. You can make that argument with a Brogdon and some of the other guys too, but uh, let's just focus on the Rosen for now. But there's been rumors that Grimes to Houston is a possibility, and Houston might have some young guys they want to send back. One guy that was mentioned was Tari Eason. If Houston's willing to send back Tari Eason and there's some convoluted uh, 3-4 team deal that has Grimes going to Houston and Tari Eason coming back to the Knicks, and the Knicks is some way, somehow, shape, or form able to create cap space to bring in DeRozan for Fournier and like a, uh, and a Chua and Lynn and, you know, something along those lines, then that's a deal that has to be made. Because you see, if they get the Rosen in here, and it might be fine in the sky, first of all, he's a guy that wants to be here, and right off the bat, that's a benefit. He's, he's playoff experience. He's clutch. He's one of the clutch players last year. He's showing you he can shoot the three now. And he operates in the same. He's a shot creator of other people, too. He has good assist numbers. And he shows you, and he scores in the same areas of the floor that Randall does. So he may not draw the double teams that Randall does. He doesn't have the size that Randall does. He can't play with the toughness uh, with two feet in the paint that Randall does. But he is equally, if not superior, in terms of his, uh, his inability to be guarded at the free throw line and free throw line extended and below. So he operates in that same space, which means he's going to score from there more efficiently than even Randall does. Even, even though it's going to be in a different way, he's going to score from there in a more efficient way. And if you send a double team, he's capable of making the pass. So here's a guy that is going to score from the same areas of the floor that Randall does, which means that everybody else can keep doing what they're doing. Because, yeah, he's not Randall, but you would just move OG to power forward and start him a small forward. Right? So you would, everybody else is going to keep doing what they're doing on offense. You don't have to change anything. And DeRozan can operate in the same spaces that Randall does. When Randall's not here. Even though he's not the power forward. 
he operates in the same spaces. OG can still stretch the floor from where he stretches the floor. This is, to me, the best move for the Knicks. And then if Randall does come back, now he fits seamlessly as a size, a sizable guard to play alongside Brunson. And I told you, I, I really don't want to mess with the starting lineup, but we're not going to touch on that. But you have a guy who can play in the second unit, can be the main cog in the second unit, can create offense for himself and others for that second unit, and a guy who knows how to play off the ball and can play down the stretch and make big shots. That ball finds him on the weak side. He's shown that he's willing to take and make that three this year. Maybe it's not great, but if he wants to put the ball on the floor and take that mid-range, he's shown he can murder you doing that too. Last 10 games, he's shooting, I think, I think like 37% from three. I'm telling you, this is the move of all moves. If they're able to pull this off, if, if Randall comes back, to me, they're second only to Boston. If, if Depending on who they have to move. If they, if they don't have to move too many people out of the rotation, Grimes is the only significant rotation guy they have to move out of it. If they're able to do that, to me, they're second only to Milwaukee. I mean, to Boston, Milwaukee. To Boston and East. To me, they got enough for everybody. They got enough for everybody. Everybody. And it would be absolutely perfect if you could bring them off the bench. I don't care what anyone says. Put your pride aside. Come off the bench and now you got the second unit and you got the bar, the Rosen in your second unit? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? None of those moves. None of those moves. Especially with Randall's injury. None, and I, I told you I liked that move before the injury, but with Randall's movie, uh uh-uh, this movie. With Randall's injury, it's to me, it's the perfect move. You just got to make sure you take care of business going forward when it comes to the books. But going into the playoffs this year, talking about taking your shot, there's no player better capable than DeMar DeRozan for this year. No better. And if you do it right, he's not going to keep you from getting the guy you need going forward. That's the move to me. That's the move. And, and if Kyle Lowry gets bought out, listen, let me talk about Kyle Lowry. Lowry, real quick. He was terrible in the regular season last year. He's been terrible in the regular season this year. But Kyle Lowry was the main reason the Knicks lost to the Heat last year. It wasn't Gabe Vincent, it wasn't Duncan Robinson, it wasn't Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. They all played their roles, some more than others. Kyle Lowry made every big play in those games. He took away the tendencies of a lot of the Knicks players. He stole a bunch of offensive rebounds. He stole a couple of defensive rebounds. He he bullied IQ in big spots. He made big play after big play. When you thought the Knicks were going to make a run, he had an instinct for the big play, which is something you see from these Villanova guys. And Kyle Lowry, he might get bought out. He's with Charlotte right now. He might get bought out. The Knicks can outbid a lot of teams. They have their biannual exception. They can they can outbid a lot of teams on in the buyout market. So imagine a scenario where you have DeMar DeRozan and now Kyle Lowry on your bench. You don't have to depend on Miles McBride in a big spot if you don't want to. You can have a playoff-tested champion like Kyle Lowry on the bench to play your 10-15 minutes and give it all he got. And if he doesn't work out, you still have Miles in, in theory. But you don't even need. But you don't even. You don't even need him to be 
You know, people are saying, oh, Kyle Lowry's too old. He's just, he don't need him to be uh, prime Kyle Lowry. You just need him to come out there and be a bowling ball and do what he did in the playoffs last year. That's all you need in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. That's it. And then if he got the Rosen on the team, you know these guys. You know he wants to win a chip for his boy. Forget the Villanova connection because they're in different eras, but still, it's there. I don't care about the Villanova jokes. I'm all on. Listen, you're telling me that you could put Kyle Lowry on the bench to play 10, 15 minutes and have DeJuan DeRozan running the second unit on your team and being on this team down the stretch of games? Um, come on now. Now, as I'm saying this, Steve Popper is reporting that that official word has not come down, but Julius Randle is looking like he's out for a few weeks. Not months, which is a relief, but it hasn't been official, hasn't been officially announced. Uh, Steve Popper's at shoot around. That's the word he's getting. This is also being reported by Ian Begley as the scuttlebutt from his sources that this is uh, a few week long injury for Randall and not season long. And that takes you right into the all-star break, which Randall needs. Because he's going to try to rush himself back. And when we talked about that last episode, this guy uses his body a lot. And it can really affect his game if he has to think twice about throwing his shoulder into people. So the all-star break is going to help out a little bit. So this is this is good news. This is good news. So the trade scenarios that I ran through kind of covered both Randall coming back and him not coming back. Uh, also, I think it was Fred who was it? Was it no? It was Ian Begley who, re, who who reported that the Knicks might have some interest in Harrison Barnes, which I can only assume is is in light of Randall Randall's injury. Uh, I hope that I hope that's the only reason. I hope that don't bring. Like I said before, if Fournier, if you can't pull off any of these deals, you still need to move Fournier. All right. So if you can move Fournier for another guy whose contract is up, but, you know, can be insurance for you on the bench, then you do that. You'd rather have someone else in here, uh, provided they understand they're not going to play that much, than Fournier. Uh, Because Fournier has been sitting on his bench for way too long, and he's not really usable at this point. Get Get him off the roster, turn that contract into somebody else who might give you some insurance at a position, won't make a fuss, and you still have that, hopefully that contract you can trade right before the draft. I'm still a little fuzzy on which guys are available for that and which guys aren't. And you might even be able to extend his contract beyond the season. Let me look up Harris. I think, I know he's on the last year of his deal because nobody wanted his contract all these years. And then once his contract was about up, all of a sudden he had a little bit of value. So, let me see. How many years left on his deal? This is Hoops Hype, and Hoops Hype is sometimes wrong. So, he's right at the same money as Fournier. And, oh, see, he just signed that deal. Nah, man, don't bring that man in here. He's He's got two more years remaining uh, after this one. I Listen, I understand you want a contract that you can you can send off. I get it, but two years is too much, man. I, but again, you don't want to go past the deadline and still have 28. You, you just don't. 
So if you, if you got to turn it into something, turn it into something. If it's Harrison Barnes, turn it into Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is not a terrible player. You know, he can definitely give you something if you need it. Uh, especially in the playoffs, he has some experience. Not not a sexy pick by any means. I don't think he's changing. I don't think he's changing any prospects. Having Harrison Barnes or Barnes on the team is not changing any prospects on this roster. That is purely, hey, we can't move nobody else. We can't get anybody else. Let's just get Poirier out of here. That's what that move is. But Charlotte coming up tonight. They got to win this game. But they can't get where they need to go without Julius Randle. And they can't get where they need to go without DeMar DeRozan. At Sports Ethos on Twitter. At Ethos Next. Until next time. <laughs> Oh, my God.